thing that's certain in the National Football League anymore is that anyone actually can win any given game. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. Yeah, the Browns went down hard yesterday. Did you watch that? I mean hard, like emotionally hard, those crowd shots and everything else. They thought they had really pulled one out with a quarter of the roster on the COVID list and uh, seemingly having found a way to pull it out there at the end only to have Derek Carr and a 47-yard field goal undo them at the very end. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm sure you took it very hard as well. But when you're watching that game and you see the Raiders jumping up and down as they're heading toward the tunnel, weren't you kind of thinking the same thing that you've thought after a whole bunch of these games this year? Not just involving the Steelers, but all over the league, which is Man, Las Vegas really played like crap and won that. You know, (laughs) they really did. They did so many things wrong, the Raiders did, down the stretch, not least of which was Carr putting up this bomb into triple coverage to get picked off when all the Raiders needed was the field goal they ended up getting. And then they get kind of lucky, they get the ball back, and couple of things go exactly right on the drive. Timeouts called by Cleveland's coach that nullifies the first winning field goal, but he puts another one through. And all of this stuff, if you're the Raiders, or for that matter, their fans, wherever they happen to live these days, you're like not feeling all that great. And this is a lot of how the Steelers fans have had to handle things along the way. The difference is, I think... People around here feel like it's just happening to the Steelers. It's not. It's not. It's happening everywhere. I asked myself, upon watching this thing yesterday, is there one team anywhere in football that can honestly feel really good about itself walking off a field after a W? There's some close candidates Normally, I would have said the Cardinals, and the Cardinals just got smacked by the Lions of all teams. The Packers, at home, I guess, but you know, on the road, just like what we saw happen with those guys in Baltimore this past weekend, they still have to fight it out. It's to their credit that they do. I'm not knocking anybody here. I'm just trying to make a singular point here about feeling like you really, really did all these things well. As you're walking off the field, there might be only one team. And most unfortunately, it might be the Kansas City Chiefs, the Steelers' opponent, this Sunday at Arrowhead. When you look at what the Chiefs are doing, the highlights are always going to go to Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, but it's really been about the defense through this seven-game winning streak They've allowed an average of about a dozen points a game. Now, you can have a rotten offense and put together a really nice winning streak 
with that kind of defensive consistency. So the Chiefs are the one team that's maybe you can say, all right, they look like they could be complete. They should beat anyone in this conference if they play their standard game, not above and beyond, but just where they're supposed to be. And you can say that with confidence going into this weekend as well. Chiefs are 10.5-point favorites, and they probably should be. All you have to do is watch the Steelers on offense, especially in the first half of games. They haven't scored in a month. It's a joke what's happened to this offense in first halves. Why would anyone presume that that team, regardless of outcomes or comebacks or rallies, would have a chance against the Chiefs in their house when they're on a roll? Oh, all except for one thing, and that's that everybody's winning everywhere. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. But there has to be a hook. There has to be a catch. There has to be something that makes it happen. It's not just going to fall from the sky, meaning the Steelers having a chance to win that game. Believe me, I'm not making any bold predictions here. I fully expect the Chiefs to win this game. Probably by a broad margin. But if it were to go the visitor's way, I see only one possible path for that game to take. And that's for the Steelers' defense to take. As they did Sunday with the four takeaways against the Titans. Now, the difference here, I mean, is the Chiefs have a much better offense than the Titans do. Chiefs have a better everything than the Titans do. Although their defenses, I should say, are, are kind of similar here. But the one facet from the Steelers' perspective that could get, again, this is theoretical, not making a prediction here, but that could get to a high enough level because it's been there before that could make a difference would be the takeaways. We are talking about the team that either led or tied for the lead in the league in takeaways over the past couple of years. That's faded, obviously, really hard this season with the disintegration of the defensive line and now having to, for the first time, account for teams trying to run on you. Before, it was just presumed that they wouldn't, so the Steelers were able to put a lot of different schemes and weaponry into position to get takeaways. Now they're worried just about getting gashed on the ground, as they should be, because it is happening. No Stefan Tuitt, no Tyson Alualu, and no real replacements for them. But somehow, some way, they were able to cobble 
together in rapid succession, four of those against the Titans. And they weren't all picks. They were, you know, in fact, only one of them was an interception. The other three were balls getting swatted out of somebody's hands. That's a lot of what the Steelers were doing in the last couple of years as well. This is what Minka Fitzpatrick had to say yesterday in regards to that component of the defense beginning to make something of a comeback. Um, I think it's a combination of uh, everybody just doing the job, uh, doing the little things that we practice throughout the week, like punching at the ball, like reaching, uh, you know, when you're rushing at the quarterback, uh, you know, just putting pressure on the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So it's all the things that we've worked on throughout the week just um, coming to fruition. It's going to have to continue. They're going to have to find a way, the Steelers' defensive players, to get their hands on the football Sunday in Arrowhead. I can't make predictions about that game any more safely than anyone can make predictions about anything anywhere right now in this league. But I feel very safe in saying that if the Steelers don't get three takeaways, three takeaways led offense. They've got no chance of that. None whatsoever. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly, and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise, they keep that promise. And this law firm has been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them at lgkg.com. Welcome back. It's time for just one question, and today's entry comes from Scott, who asks, the offensive line has not gotten better at all through 14 games. It's possibly even gotten worse. So did the Steelers just draft slash sign all the wrong players and who's to blame for that? Or is it the coaching? Is it the offensive line coach, the coordinator, just not being effective in bringing out the best in those players? Either way, doesn't there need to be accountability? Yeah, Scott, there does. But the effect of that accountability obviously isn't something that's going to make any difference right now. You know, you're not going to fire positional coaches or coordinators in midseason unless there's some extreme circumstance like they did something really wrong or whatever meaning you know off the field or that sort of thing very rarely and even then it's only going to be a circumstance in which the head coach needs to get rid of the coordinator in order to take over or supersede the play calling and as I was discussing on Yesterday's Daily Shot, that's not something that Mike Tomlin ever has to worry about. That's made clear the moment whoever that is takes that role on. He's always got that right. So he doesn't have to get rid of somebody 
And in fact, it's probably something of a pain to do that in midseason because there is real work that has to be performed. There's real film study that has to be executed. There is a game plan that has to be put together. Someone has to do that. Now, what you can do as the head coach, if you no longer trust that individual, is you can work a heck of a lot more closely with that coach and say, really, this is what you want to do? You want to have a fade to Ray Ray as one of Ben's options there? Really? You know that Ray Ray's 5'9", right? Okay, all right. Let's try something else here. We'll meet up again after lunch. That's the kind of thing that you can do. But you're not firing people midseason. Of course there needs to be accountability. This offensive line and the needs that it was going to have were no secret heading into last offseason. They were no secret from the moment that you saw Ben and Marquis sitting on that heated bench on the sideline during the playoff game against Cleveland. You knew right then and there, oh yeah, this offseason is going to be about the offensive line, isn't it? Yeah. And David DeCastro ends up uh, injured in the summertime and essentially retiring, not officially. That throws another wrench into it. But even that, I mean, you, you knew you still needed people. And you knew that Dave didn't have much left based on his performance of the previous season. I mean, God love him in his career and everything else, but Dave wasn't Dave in 2020. You had to have been looking for something or someone better across that line. You also needed elite instruction. This is the one that I can't believe that more people don't bring up. Think about this for a second. When you had Pouncey and Ramon and, and Gil and all those guys, the, the familiar names, Dave and Alejandro across that line, and you additionally brought in Mike freaking Munchak and that overwhelming, overqualified resume of his. You now know why things went really well. Munch was taking players who were already very, very good and making them even better and making them a more cohesive unit. It was an abundance of spoils. This group, which you knew was going to be constituted primarily of children, your emphasis needed to be on, I'm going to use the word again, elite instruction. And instead, you walked down the hallway and found the assistant coach, Adrian Clem, to the guy you'd just fired and said, oh, do you want to do this? Oh, cool. Hey, everybody. He says he wants to do this. Oh, wow, that's great. Okay, cool. All right, what else were we going to do today? That's, you're talking about accountability. And maybe, because I don't know what context you're using it here in, but 
you're talking about it, you know, this player or that player or this coach. Dude, this accountability should be rippling through the entire upper tier of the organization, not least of which is the owner himself, since the owner, meaning Art Rooney, of course, was the one who made the public declaration that this team needed to be able to run the ball. Well, did he or anyone really think that taking a running back in the first round was going to be the, the panacea for this? If so, wow, wow. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do another one tomorrow. Mm-hmm.